Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Encounter Church, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your life. If you want more information about Encounter Church, please go to our website, encounterchurch.ag. Thanks again. Enjoy the message. All right, I want to talk with you about something that is near and dear not only to my heart, near and dear not only to this church's heart, Encounter Church's heart, but very near and dear to the heart of God. I know this because John 3.16 tells us, for God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. Guess what, folks? That's missions. God loved this world so much that he sent Jesus to die on the cross of Calvary. That's why we do missions, to share the good news of what Jesus did for us. Now, Last week, we began our annual missions emphasis. Typically, it's a a two-week emphasis. One week, I speak about missions, and then another week, we have a missionary. Then we receive our faith promises right after that. But earlier in the year, God impressed upon my heart that this year, 2020, we needed to give an extra thrust, an extra boost to our missions. Not because our missions is lagging, our missions is very strong. But I believe that we need to grab a hold of the heartbeat of God. So this year, we are doing three weeks of missions. Last week, we had Terry Castleberry, who is a missionary to Belize and the Caribbean. By the way, wouldn't that be rough? Now, he's doing a great job there. There's some, you know, we don't always see the, the rough areas when we go on vacations or whatever, when you go to those areas. But I'm telling you what, there are people there that need Jesus Christ. So Terry did an outstanding job last week, this morning, I'm speaking. Then I would encourage you, be with us next week. Uh, One of my greatest friends will be here next week. He's been my mentor for many years. And really, you can blame him for the way I am. Uh, You'll find that out next week. Uh, He will be with us and be challenging us. Last week was World Missions, Belize, the Caribbean. Next week, we'll talk about home missions. He is in charge of church planting in the St. Louis and throughout Missouri um, in this region. So we actually will be partnering with him a lot as we launch our campus in Lincoln next year. But this is the time that we spend focusing in on missions. What is missions? What does missions look like in our personal lives? What does missions look like in the corporate setting? What role does the church play? What role do we as individuals play in missions? But I hear what you're saying, but pastor, God hasn't called me to be a missionary. I'm an office assistant. I'm a teacher. I'm a truck driver. I'm a, well, fill in the blank, whatever you happen to be. You've got the argument that God hasn't called you. But I would tell you this morning that God has called every single one of us to missions. Let me say that again. God has called every single one of us to missions that may not be full-blown missionary on the other side of the world in the remote tribe in Africa someplace, but God has called every one of us to go and share the good news of Jesus Christ. In fact, the Bible says in Matthew 28, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority. Say all authority. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth, therefore go. We're going to talk about that 
in just a moment. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all, I, all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So as God has called you into missions, as God has called me into missions, I want you to grab a hold of the fact that He will never leave us. In the midst of our going, in the midst of our doing, in the midst of our pursuit to share that good news, Jesus promises, and we remember what His promises are, they're yes and amen, there are resounding yes in Jesus. He promises to always be with us. Now, look at this. You have been called. Verse 19 says, therefore, go. There is an inferred you between those two words. You, go. Therefore, you, Go, I am to go, you are to go. As believers, as Christians, we are called by God to go and tell the world about Him and to raise up disciples. Now, we're going to get to this idea of raising up disciples and discipling people. We're going to talk about that in, in two weeks from now. But this morning, I want to talk about the go. You see, it's in our go that we see the level of our obedience. Do you know that? It's in the going or lack thereof that we truly begin to identify the level of our obedience to God. If He tells us, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth, therefore you go, and yet we don't go, where's our level of obedience? It's missing, right? Come on now, keep up here. But if, if we receive that authority, if we receive that anointing, if we accept that call and we begin to go, we are stepping into the authority and the obedience that God has given us. The theme of the Assemblies of God World Missions Endeavor for 2020 is this, compelled. Compelled. Now, this is probably my favorite theme over the last several years. Why? Because I believe that if our faith does not compel us, something will deter us. If our faith in Jesus Christ does not compel us in this level of obedience, something else will detour us and take us off track. So I ask you again, where is your level of obedience? Where do you stand in following this command by God? Now, the word compelled, according to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, is this, to drive or urge forcefully or irresistibly. That's hard for some of us because we would rather be quiet in our approach. We would rather just do our church thing. Now, we talked about that a few weeks ago. We believe, some believe, that our Christian walk is to be a private walk, but the Bible truly tells us that it's just the opposite. That our walk with God is not a personal, private moment, 
but it's a moment to be expressed and to be shared and to be presented to the world. Look at this, compelled to drive or urge forcefully. So this morning, I want to take a look at this theme. I want to discover what does it really mean for us personally? What is this idea of missions and being compelled? What does it mean for us corporately? What are we going to do with it? As a church, if you, as you walk in, you see on your right-hand side to be the left going out, we have our missions wall. We currently, as a church, support 57 missionaries or missions works on a monthly basis. Two of those are local endeavors. Let me ask you a question. Is that enough? Should we say, well, pastor, we've already crossed over 50, we're at 57, that's plenty, we don't need to do anything more for missions, let's settle in where we are, let's hang out where we are, is that enough? No. For the same reason that we're going to launch a campus in the fall of 2021 is the same reason that we've got to keep reaching out and supporting more missionaries. Because this world is lost, this world is dark and perverse and void of the presence of God? How much more do we need to continue to reach out beyond our means? You see, our missionaries, we have a wide array of of missionaries. They range from those in the remote tribe in Africa to those that are with Chi Alpha, which is a campus ministry at our university campuses around the world reaching into the lost college students. In fact, there are our future generational leaders. Uh, don't, don't you believe that we need to begin to invest in our future leaders? We have missionaries in South America, in Belize, in Germany, those that reach bikers, those that reach the addict, those that are in areas that we can't disclose because they're in dangerous places, those that are reaching out to orphans and the lost. We have missionaries that invest in the inner city and in church planting. We even have a missionary that on a daily basis goes into the Missouri State Capitol and spends time sharing the good news of Jesus with our state government leaders. Isn't that awesome? That's needed. Absolutely. We have missionaries in all sorts of areas. As a church last year, We supported missions to the tune of just shy of $50,000. That's incredible. That's up from about seven years ago of about $7,900. About $50,000 this body of believers gives to missions. But here's the exciting part. Are you ready for this? That money does not come out of the general fund. Grab a hold of this. It comes out of individuals like myself and like you that on an annual basis fills out a faith promise card and on a monthly basis gives those funds to our missionaries. That's what's exciting to me. That's when you know the church grabs a hold of the heart of missions. I would encourage you, pray, God, what would you have me to do for missions? We've got to reach beyond our walls. Jesus has compelled us. Jesus has called us to go and make disciples, to reach beyond ourselves, to reach into our community, to reach into our country, and ultimately to reach into the world 
By the way, that's the mission of this church. Do you know the mission? Love, reach, empower. Love, reach, empower. We see it all over the place. We talk about it on a regular basis. And some of you may get tired of me talking about it, but here's what I've learned. The moment we think that people have understood it is the moment they're hearing it for the first time. We've got to grab a hold of the mission. Love, reach, empower. Love, love God, love people. That's what Jesus said the greatest command is. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and self. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love people. Reach. We've got to reach up. That's making our connection with God, our Father. That's embracing who He is. We've got to reach in. We've got to do that work on the inside of our personal self, but also upon our church. How many of you know, if we don't do the work inside, we'll never be successful doing the work on the outside. And then we've got to reach out. We've got to reach beyond our walls. I was talking to somebody before church, and we were discussing missions, and I said, you know what? The moment that the church becomes so self-absorbed and we're just focusing on ourselves is the moment that the church begins to die. We've got to continue to reach outside of these walls. We love God. We love people. We reach up. We reach in. We reach out. And then we empower those around us. We empower them to be disciples. That's the Great Commission. Go and make disciples of all nations. So what does missions mean to you? Does it cause you to love others as God loves them? Does this mission stir something on the inside of you? Does it compel you to reach up and to reach in and to reach out? Does it stir inside of you a desire to empower those around you? It should. It should. Why? Because it's the heart of God. I want you to listen very carefully this morning as God unfolds a compelling mission before each and every one of us. A couple of weeks ago, as I was working on this message, I began to look at this this command from the Bible, I have given you all, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach these new disciples to obey the commands I've given you, and sure as this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, and I begin to process through, God, what does that mean, and God, what do you have in store for us, and Lord, how does it apply to our lives in the year 2020? And I realize there's basically three callings in this section of Scripture. Number one is this. We've got to recognize and accept our authority. Recognize and accept your authority. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go. The word authority brings with it the idea of the right to use power. We have authority. Jesus, in this moment, he takes the authority that has been given to him and he passes that authority on to us. We have been given the authority, the power, the ability to do not only what Jesus did, You ready for this? But John 14 says that greater things than these will be accomplished. 
So this authority that Jesus possessed, this authority that Jesus had, he then translates to us. He says, now go and do something with it. And the Bible says that not only will we accomplish what he accomplished, but greater things than these will take place. Hmm. I want to challenge you. Begin to walk in your authority. Too many Christians walk around negating the fact that authority has been given to us. We walk around as if our life is no good. We walk around in defeat rather than victory. But the Bible tells us that Jesus transfers that authority from him to us, and now we are to do something with it. I ask you today, what are you doing with the authority that Jesus has given to you? We see this transfer of authority take place between verses 18 and verses 19. Verse 18, Jesus makes the bold statement that he has the authority, and immediately in verse 19, he says, therefore, go. And how often do we bypass that transition or passing on of the authority? We jump right into the go and the mission, and we miss the authority. I don't want us to pass by it too quickly. You see, it's not something that is flippantly given to us. But in order for us to see the fullness of this transfer, we have to look at the process that is demonstrated in Matthew chapter, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 1, verse 4. We've got to take the time to see the, the process that is demonstrated to us. Acts 1, 4 says this, Jesus commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift He promised. This is going to test our obedience. Don't leave. Don't move anywhere until you receive the promise. So what is the gift? What's the gift we talked about? Well, we spoke about it two weeks ago. It's the Holy Spirit. They had a choice to make. Go along with their life and forget about Jesus' words or recognize and accept the authority that has been given to them. That's the exact choice that, that you have and that you have and that I have every single day. What am I going to do? Am I going to rely upon God? Am I going to trust in God? Am I going to depend upon Him? Am I going to let the Holy Spirit consume me? Or am I going to go through my life all by myself and hope for the best? But here's the problem. We expect the fulfillment of the promise in Acts 1.8 without the dedication and acceptance of Acts 1-4. Now, let me share those two scriptures with you, because some of you are like, I don't even have a clue what you're saying. Acts 1-8, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. That's the promise. Oh, we want that power. Oh, we want to receive that. We want to be used by God, but we don't want to wait for the transfer of authority. We want to do it in our own strength, and then we wonder why we're not successful. 
in order to fully grasp this idea of missions, or even the Great Commission, we must learn to wait on the goodness of God. The Bible clearly says, be still and know that I am what? God. If I was to translate that today, the Chris Gray translation would be, sit down and shut up and listen to God. Just sit down, just be quiet. Just take a moment and hear the voice of God. Take a moment and listen to the heartbeat of God. Take a moment and let your DNA mess with His DNA and let Him begin to flow through you. Take a moment and get to know God. Once we receive that power, however, once we receive that transfer of authority, we must go. Because if all we do is wait and we never accept and respond, we are destined to continue without accomplishing anything for the kingdom of God and the comments and words of Jesus were done in vain. Let me say that again. If all we ever do is wait without acceptance or response, We are destined to continue without accomplishing anything for the kingdom of God and the comments and the words of Jesus were done in vain. I don't know about you, but I don't want to cause Jesus' words to be done in vain. I want to be obedient to Him. I want to step where He tells me to step. I want to go where He tells me to go. I want to be what He's called me to be. I want to do what He called me to do. Therefore, go. I love what pastor and author Mark Batterson had to say. He said, I don't know about you, but I want God to reveal the second step before I take the first step of faith. Anybody anybody ever like that? Man, I want God to give me every step. I want God to show me everything. I want God just to lay it out before I even take that first step. He goes on to say, but I discovered that if I don't take the first step, God generally won't reveal the next step. Most of us will only follow Christ to the point of precedence, the place where we have been before. But if you want God to do something new, you cannot be continue You can't keep doing what you've always done. If you want God to do something new, you cannot keep doing what you've always done. You've got to push past the fear of the unknown. You've got to do something different. You've got to do something different. So when it comes to missions... How do we move from point A to point B? What's that go moment look like? Well, the church in the book of Acts demonstrated it for us. They they pressed forward to embrace the lost and the broken in this world. But they didn't go about it under their own strength, their own ability. They went under the authority of Jesus Christ. So our first step, we have to recognize and accept our authority. Jesus said, all authority under heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go. He passes that authority on 
to us. The second calling is this. Realize and activate your action. Realize and activate your action. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. Let me give you a little interesting factoid. In the book of Matthew, chapter 28, uh, the Greek word for go, therefore go, the Greek word here is actually not as much of a command as it is a present participle. Anybody remember what a present participle is? I've got like a couple teachers in the room. They're probably going to know. Actually, they didn't even raise their hand. Wow. Okay, we are all going to learn together today. Let me nerd out for you just a moment this morning. This is really good stuff. A present participle, in this case, ends in ing. And when it's used as a verb, are you ready for this? It shows continuing action. So in the case of therefore go, it's actually translated as you are going. Oh, come on, that's good stuff. As you are moving through life, as you are proceeding through your day, as you are making connections with people, as you are going to the store, as you are driving down the road, as you step into the office, as you're doing your job, as you go to school, make disciples of all nations. I see you didn't get nearly as excited as I did. I'm like, I'm nerding out in my office. I'm looking up, what is a present participle? Wow, that is awesome. So this calling, this, this transfer of authority isn't something that I've got to plan for for the future. It's not one day I'm going to do this or one day this is going to take place, but it's right here and right now as I'm going through life, as I'm doing this thing called life. And by the way, Jesus said that I've come to give you a, a satisfying, rich, and full life as you process through this blessed life with Jesus. Oh, come on. We're to take this blessing that he's bestowed upon us. We've, we're to take this, this good news that he's welled up inside of us. We're to take all of this joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. We're to take this love that Jesus pours upon us, this mercy and this grace, and we're going to pass it on to the world around us. As we go, we are to make disciples of all people. Again, not something that will set out to do someday well someday i've heard people say well pastor one of these days i want to go on a missions trip how about this afternoon how about tomorrow morning well one day i want to why not now and what you're already doing in the life that you're already living that's the heartbeat of god that's the heartbeat of encountered church it's our mission we believe that we are all called as we go through our daily lives to fulfill the mission of God to love, to reach, to empower. To love God and love people. To reach up, to reach in, to reach out, and to make disciples, empower them, and make disciples of the world around us. In fact, one of our core values says that we don't maintain, we multiply. What does that mean? 
It means that we as believers were never meant to be satisfied with where we are. By the way, this Christian walk, this Christian life isn't a destination, it's a journey. You will never arrive. But it's a living, growing organism. It's something to say, God, every day I'm going to invest in my relationship with you. God, every day I want to be more like you. God, every day I want to pour more of you into my life so that I can be used by you. That as I go, you see, we don't maintain. We multiply. It means that we reach beyond ourselves to impact our community and ultimately to impact the world. It means that we aren't afraid to take the big step of faith even when sometimes it doesn't make a bit of sense here or a bit of sense on paper. If God has called us to do it, if God has called you to do it, and by the way, He has, I challenge you to be obedient in your walk with Him. During this mission's emphasis, let this stir you and move you from being a maintainer to being a multiplier for the kingdom of God. What's that look like? Well, I can't give you a definitive answer. I can't put it on the screen and say this is exactly what it looks like. For every one of us, it's different. Why? Because he's given you a different personality than he's given me. He's given you a different set of resources than he's given me. But every one of us have been called to, to go. Maybe that's prayer. Maybe that's saying, God, I, I pray that you will use me in a greater way. God, I pray that you will help me to listen to your voice and be obedient in my walk with you. God, I pray for our missionaries, Lord, that you'll protect them. God, that you'll bless them. God, that you'll be with them. God, be their provision right now. Maybe you are to be an instrument of prayer for the kingdom of God. Maybe that's giving financially, saying, Lord... I'm going to trust in you. Well, pastor, I I don't have much. That's okay. You got God. That's all you need. Begin to give. Maybe it's going. As you are going, be his disciple. Maybe it's doing. I don't know what it looks like for you, but here's what I do know. We are all called to make missions part of our personal DNA. Not just as a church, not just as as, as a corporation, but as an individual. Lord, let your DNA, which is missions, let it run through who I am. Let it be what I do. Our third calling is this. Release and apply your ability. Release and apply your ability. Know this. If God is calling you to it, He will give you the ability to accomplish it. Agree? He will give you, how do I know, how can I make that statement? Because Matthew 28, 20, we read it a moment ago. And be sure of this, I, Jesus, am with you sometimes. No? I'm with you part of the time. I'm with you always. Even to the end of the age. For you today, that may mean supporting missions for the very first time. Maybe you've never given to missions ever before. Maybe you've never even considered 
given to missions. Next Sunday, we're going to give you that opportunity. If you're not going to be here next Sunday, we'll give you that opportunity this morning. But next Sunday, we're going to receive these as a body of believers. It says faith, promise, giving. As your faith promise or commitment is an agreement between you and God, it is understood that you may revise your promise, your commitment at any time. This is saying, Lord, with your help, Lord, as, as you're instructing, I would encourage you, I know some of you are, are planners, so for some of you, this is a hard step. I would encourage you, don't necessarily go by what fits in the budget, but go by what God speaks in the heart. Because here's the deal, if God speaks it in the heart, God will make a way, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So prayerfully consider, God, what would you have me to do? And make this commitment to one-year commitment. And I believe that as we follow through with that commitment, that God is going to surprise you and show up in great and mighty ways time and time again. Remember, it's a faith promise. It's saying, God, with, with your help, I'm going to give as you've instructed. For others in the house today, it's, it's a calling into full-time missions. Maybe, as the Keys family are demonstrating, it's saying, Lord, we're going to give up everything. We're going to move in the basement of the in-law's house. We're going to raise funds. We're going to put everything in totes, and we're going to go to the other side of the globe, actually the lower side of the globe. That's still the other side, right? Just bottom half. And we're going to reach people for you. But maybe for you, it's God, I'm going to, as I am going through life, Lord, I want to be used by you. Lord, for my coworkers, my classmates, my neighbors, to the lady at break time, Lord, I want to be used by you. God is compelling us today that as you are going, make disciples in your life. All I know is this, God is speaking to every one of us today. The question is, are we willing to listen? Are we willing to pause for a moment and say, Lord, what do you have in store? God, what do you want me to do? See, it's time. It's time for every believer in the room to allow our faith to compel us to fulfill the mission that God has set before.